Praise God. All right. So the first portion of scripture we'll read is Hebrews chapter number 13, verse, um, verse 8. Hebrews chapter number 13 and the verse of 8. Hebrews chapter number 13 verse 8. Are we there? Are we there? Hebrews chapter number 13 verse 8. The Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love this portion of scripture because what the Bible is showing you here is that this man called Jesus, how many here believe in Jesus? Raise your hand. You actually believe. Don't just raise your hand for peer pressure or because your neighbor is raising their hand. Now you're... <laughs> you believe in Jesus, right? All right, put your hand down. If you believe in Jesus, it means you have to believe in the fact that he came, he died, and he rose from the dead. If your faith is outside the resurrection of Jesus, then you're not born again. All together. You have to believe that Jesus actually died and rose from the dead. And you have to understand what his resurrection, first you have to understand what his death means, what it meant for you. You get it? But you also have to know what, it, what his resurrection means for you. You see, I believe in taking the word of God very personal. I don't know about you, but I take things very personal. I take things very, very personal. This Christian thing is very personal for me. The word of God is very personal for me. When I'm reading the scriptures, I, I, I see myself there. I see what the word of God has said about me there. It's very, very personal. Until God's word becomes personal, it may not work for you. How together? Until God's word becomes personal, it may not work for you. So now, when the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, what he's trying to tell you there is, look, the same Jesus that lived over 2,000 years ago, he's still the same today. In other words, if there is a case that has to be handled, it will be handled the same way today as it was handled 2,000 years ago. Jesus has not advanced. <laughs> he's not like technology. <laughs> You understand, right? Jesus has not found new ways of healing people. <laughs> Jesus has not found new ways of touching lives and changing lives. The same system he had over 2,000 years ago is the same system that he, that he has today. And that's why you must understand. The word of God would have been written over 2,000 years ago, but it's more latest than today's news. It is. It is. Because it can tell you what goes on today. I remember when, when, when coronavirus came, someone posted, I think I've started reading the book of Revelation to see what chapter we're on. <laughs> because people are, are realizing that perhaps the Bible has said something about this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Jesus is actually the same. He has not changed. Tell your neighbor, Jesus has not changed. He has not changed. How together? He has not changed. 
And if you want to know how he handles situations today, look at how he handled situations back then. All together. When you read Malachi, let's get the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter number three. We're getting somewhere. Malachi chapter number three. Um, just give me a second. Just find it. Malachi chapter number three. Malachi chapter number three, verse six. Malachi three, verse six. The Bible says, For I am the Lord. This is God talking. It says, For I am the Lord. You know, you know one thing I love about God? I love the confidence He has in Himself. <laughs> oh, I love that. Like God, God doesn't doubt. You see, people may doubt themselves. If you are here and you doubt yourself, just develop the good kind of confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. It says, I am the Lord. I change not. You see, what has changed between the days of Moses and now is just the covenant, not God. <laughs> God hasn't changed. The covenant has changed. We are not in the same covenant as Moses. In fact, we are actually not even in a covenant at all. I'll put it like that. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Let me put it like this. Have you ever heard someone says they made a covenant with God? How did they execute it? You can't have a covenant without blood. When did they shed their blood? Biblically, it's not possible. Every time there was a covenant, there has to be there, was, there had to be a shedding of blood. Either an animal or a person, in this case called Jesus. <laughs> so when we talk about the new covenant, it's not between you and God. You're just a beneficiary of a covenant. So you can't, you where you are now, you can't make a covenant with God. No, Lord, I made a covenant with you. No, if you bless me, I'll do that's not the covenant. Just promise God things. <laughs> Are we together? So you can make a covenant with God. It's not possible. This is not the day of, of Abraham. There are other people who actually even go to mountains and set up rocks. Literal rocks, physical. And they call it their altar. I don't know what they burn there or what they've sacrificed on that altar. But I'm not talking about altars today. The point is, God says he's, he's God and he changes not. And because he changes not, you have to look at, and one thing you must understand, the character of God, number one, is righteous. God is just. You understand, right? He's righteous and he's just. God is, let me, let, let me, let me, God is so just, such that when he's put up certain principles, even if you're a nice person, if you go against the principles, the consequences are heavy. 
Are we together? Yes, God is just. He's righteous. He's holy. And he's been holy from the beginning. And maybe let me let me let me let me let me make a statement that that maybe some of you have never thought about. The Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 1 that in the, in the, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, right? Yes, yes. Now, I want you to notice something. I want you to realize something. That was not God's beginning. That was man's beginning. Yes. So when the Bible says in the beginning, it's not talking about, that's not, that's not when God began. God was there before the beginning. What do you think the Bible, what do you think the word Alpha and Omega mean? Simply means beginning and end. In other words, God has no beginning, He's the beginning Himself. And He has no end. Amen. He's infinite. Yes. You understand, right? And in His in, 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 in how He is, the Bible records that it, He does not change. Don't think God changes just because you've changed. Have you ever met people who change because the other person has changed? Because, because maybe the person you talk to a lot, their behavior says, you're also changing. You turned me into this. See, God doesn't change. <laughs> no, God doesn't change. He's the same. Even when men go astray. You see, even if the whole humanity was just saying, look, we'll stop worshiping you. He will not change. How together? Let that sink in your head. You must realize, and because God has not changed, it means if he opened the Red Sea, then he can open it now. Maybe you never thought about it like that. <laughs> you see, people think that, <laughs> that there are believers I've heard who say things like, no, those are Bible days. What about the, if, the, if, if Bible days, God was like that? It means it can be like that today. <laughs> So what you see in the scriptures is simply a picture of what we ought to walk in. Amen. Now, when you look at a picture, that's not the real deal. Is it? It's not. <laughs> the real deal is you experiencing something. <laughs> so it means in how God maybe let's move on. I'll get to certain points later. <laughs> Remember, God is the same. God is the same. Yeah, he doesn't change. He's the same. He doesn't change. And that's one thing that you must remind yourself about. You must remind yourself of the fact that God does not change. You must remind yourself of the fact that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You must remind yourself that tomorrow is not God's tomorrow. God is the same. God has been in the future, has been in the past. He's everywhere. He doesn't have a tomorrow. You have a tomorrow. That's so why when the Bible tells that God is not a man that he should lie, first of all, must understand the Bible says God is not a man. In other words, he is not, he is not, he is not like human beings. In other words, they have human limitations. Are you following? There are no human limitations when it comes to God. None whatsoever. Maybe if I say human limitations, you may think there are other limitations. There are no limitations when it comes to God. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. And because he's the same, one thing you must realize and one thing that you must do is this don't don't commit the sin that the children of israel committed and what this is the sin that the children of israel committed was the fact that those guys forgot that god was the same because imagine those guys saw miracles have, have you ever seen miracles before have you 
Have ever witnessed a miracle? Yes, a miracle takes place. Stay with you or with someone? Yes, and those guys actually saw miracles such that no one could doubt. Everyone saw the way to part. <laughs> you understand? Yes, sir. Yeah. I remember I was, I was, I was listening to a certain scholar. They were arguing about, about they were saying uh, the part where the children of Israel passed was not deep, it was shallow. So God separated it and they easily walked and whatever, or maybe they just walked and whatnot. You know, you know, you know I laughed at that. I said, then I think there's a, if, if that's true, then there's another miracle in that because the Bible records that when a Pharaoh died, they drowned. So if other people could walk, how did, how they, how did others drown? no sense. <laughs> you understand, right? So whatever way you look, you look at it, there's a miracle somewhere. <laughs> you get it, right? So the sin these guys committed is because they actually forgot because those guys saw miracles. They saw a whole sea parting. They saw God provide for them in a very supernatural manner. You can move at the back. If, it's, if there's a lot of heat there. Thank you. I noticed she was uncomfortable. I'm looking at everyone's face. <laughs> and I'm noticing. I know who is following and who is not. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, so where was I? So, yeah, those guys saw a lot of miracles, right? Crazy, crazy miracles. As in, imagine those guys saw, as in, quails fell from heaven. Food was falling from everywhere. They saw water come from a rock and they drank from it. But then, each time they faced a, a challenge, what did they say? Why did you bring us here, Moses? We had better graves in Egypt. <laughs> they were thinking about how they were going to be buried. We had better graves that, that side. Why did you bring us here? See, they were forgetting that they were dealing with a God in, in that. Do you remember, there was a, there was a, there's a time in, 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 the, in the book of Numbers when God, when, they, when, when these guys reached Canaan, and at that time it was uh, Joshua who was leading them, and they, they sent spies to spy on the promised land, right? And the Bible records that the spies that went there, they found giants in the land. Right? Now, when they found giants in the land, what, what report did they bring back? They say we're like grasshoppers before them. They didn't say these guys see us as grasshoppers. And the amazing thing is this. The same giants had their testimonies about the, the children of Israel. Say, these guys have got a God. So the giants were scared of the children of Israel. The children of Israel looked at the giants and they were also scared. And so open. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah. So, but then the difference is this. The, the giants knew the God that these guys had. These guys forgot the God they had. And they were looking at the, the physical strength of the giants. But there were men called Caleb. He said, we were all able. <laughs> you see, they looked, Ayana Caleb, they, they, those guys, they didn't look at the size of the giants. They remembered their God. <laughs> they remembered that, look, if God could deliver us from this, surely who is this giant? How together? It means they, they remember that, look, if God, if God could work this miracle, I've seen so many miracles for me to doubt. 
Do you know why most people actually doubt God? Even when they've seen other miracles. It's because in that moment, all they look at is the problem. They don't look at God. There's a certain man whom I love so much. He said something very interesting, which I support. He says, if you look at the sun, you won't see shadows. I'll leave it there. <laughs> if you're looking at the sun, you will not see shadows. But if you look at shadows, you won't see the sun. <laughs> Which one is bigger, shadow or sun? <laughs> so what you're looking at is what you will see. <laughs> when you read scriptures like um, Hebrews again, Hebrews chapter number 12, Let's go back. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 2. Maybe let's start reading from verse 1. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are uh, compassed ab about with, a, with, with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let's pause there. You know what the Bible is showing you there? The Bible is showing you that there's actually called a, something called the cloud of witnesses. You know, what the, you know what a cloud of witnesses is? Do you know what it is? Have you ever read what the Bible talks about in Hebrews 11? Talk about faith, right? The whole of Hebrews 11 talks about faith. Now, when you read the whole book of Hebrews 11, there are men and women that God regards as men of faith and women of faith. You understand that, right? Yeah. Now, those guys, there are times when God actually allows them to actually witness some of the things we're doing. But that's a story for another day. So those guys actually, see, there are things that even the likes of Apostle Paul, I think they would be inspired if they look at what we're doing. You just don't know. <laughs> there are things that are the likes of David. And when you read Hebrews chapter number, uh, chapter number 11, you will notice that God doesn't see people the way we see them. When God went to meet Abraham and told him about, about the fact that he was going to have a son, how did Sarah respond? She laughed. Right? And how did God respond? You've, you've laughed in my presence. You've laughed at me. Is that how God responded? I will strike you right here. You've laughed at me. How did God respond? He just asked, why did you laugh? Guess what? Sarah refused. She said, I didn't laugh. Sarah lied. Like, in God's presence, he just lied like, go and no. Just said, mm, I didn't laugh. Mm -hmm. What did God say? Oh, now that you've lied, may the ground open <laughs> and swallow you. you no. Know, when you read that account from the book of Hebrews, the Bible shows that Sarah was such a great woman of faith that she received strength to conceive. God remembered not the incidents of her lying and laughing. God doesn't see the way we see. The people that you may see as this one, mm, this, this 
one make heaven? Ah, you'll be surprised. They'll be ushering others. <laughs> Forget to me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You're also here. God doesn't see the way we see. And that's why you must learn to see people the way God sees them. And you must learn to value people the way God values them. Out together. Yeah. Even the person that you think, ah, this one is just too much. You don't know how God sees them. And if you don't look at yourself like that, I'm here to tell you that God sees you as someone special. Mm-hmm. Are you together? You must see yourself as someone special. How you see yourself is also is, is very important because it also determines how you will treat yourself and how you allow others to treat you. Are you together? Yeah. If you are dressed in a suit like I am dressed, and someone just comes say, oh, we need someone to go to go help, maybe do some, some, some digging outside. I obviously won't be the first person to go outside <laughs> in this room. <laughs> you understand, right? Because of the way I'm dressed. <laughs> you get it. But if I was in jeans, I would baby, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, let's go. Oh, let's go carry blocks inside. I won't be the first one to stand. I'll be looking at Ayana John. Ayana Aquila in t-shirts. Ah, let's go carry blocks. <laughs> You get it, right? Because I know, I know how I see myself in this moment. I'm dressed like this, therefore I can't do this. And that's why when you see yourself as righteous, you will live righteous. You can't live righteous if you don't see yourself as righteous. If you don't think of yourself as righteous, you will not live a righteous life. But if you have the mentality that ah, we're all sinners, we just sin differently. You will keep seeing different. Even if you stop one, you go, you find another way. You, you, you've already believed in your mind that we, we, we sin differently. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. So Hebrews, when you read, uh, when you go on, verse, uh, verse 2 is our focus. Settle down, ma. Mm-hmm. Verse 2 is our focus. Let's read, it, let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Read out loud. One, two, three, go. Hmm. We have different visions. He said, he said, he said he, 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 looking unto Jesus, the other one saying, I'm seeing Jesus. <laughs> Let's read it one, once again. Hebrews chapter number. <laughs> if you're reading, if you're reading, that says, I'm seeing Jesus. Ah, that's, 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 don't, don't read out loud, okay? That's within your heart. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 2. 1, 2, 3, go. Praise God. We can pass school, can't <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, looking unto Jesus. I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, looking unto who? Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, look, in other words, look, you, you see, all you're seeing is Jesus. It says, looking unto him. And then he calls him the author 
and the finisher of your faith. Who can drain your faith if Jesus authored it? No, what can actually drain your faith when Jesus authored it? The reason why a lot of believers, their faith keeps going up, down, up, down, because they're not looking at him. How together? It says looking unto Jesus. Look at him. How do you look at Jesus? You look at what he said. In his word. Every time you are focused on what Jesus has said, you are actually looking at him. Remember, he is actually the word in flesh. He is the word of God according to, according to John chapter number 1 verse 1. He is actually the word of God. Are you listening? It says looking unto him. So it means the children of Israel were not actually looking unto, what, uh, unto the God who had delivered them. They were looking at exactly what, they were looking at what was in front of them and not, 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 not God. But the Bible is admonishing us to actually look at who? Jesus. Look at who? Jesus. So it means your eyes must be fixed on him. Remember what I said? If, 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 if you look at the sun, you won't see shadows. So it means if there are certain things that you will never actually notice. See, have it, I've been at places where something is going, you don't even notice. After something happens, after something happens, something supernatural happens, you go like, ah, Lord, you've actually looked at a miracle. I didn't, I didn't even know there was a need for a miracle. You don't even, you don't, you don't even notice. Why? You are actually looking at him. He is your focus. When you focus on him, you will lose focus on everything else. When you are focusing on everything else, you've lost focus on him. Every time your focus is on everything that goes on around you, it means you've lost your focus on him. And he wants you to actually look at him. He wants you to focus on him. Focus on the Lord. Your focus must be on God. Your focus must be on everything he has said. Are you listening? That must be your focus. Jesus must be your focus. You can't be focusing on everything else. Everything that's not going well in your life. And you know, the, you know the problem with the, 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 the issue that's there with, with this the thing called problems is that they invite one another. <laughs> no, they invite one another. The moment one ends, the other one comes. No, Chokaoku. Ah, could be free. They will go. That's why there are certain believers or there are certain people out there, problems never end. One after another, there's always something they're sorting. They always, they always have a pressure. <laughs> One after another, they always have a pressure. You're looking at the wrong things. So that, that's, why, that's why I always pressure. You're looking at the wrong things. Tell your neighbor, look at Jesus. Look at them and tell them, look at Jesus. You point at them and tell them, look at Jesus. <laughs> focus on him. Your focus must be on Jesus. So it means even as you go throughout the week, I'm focusing on the Lord. My focus is on Jesus. I choose to see Jesus. In everything around me, I choose to see him. I see him in my academics. I see him in my business. I see him in my health. I see him in my bones. I see everywhere. I see Jesus. All I'm seeing is this. I look at his health. It mirrors mine. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And the Bible says, who for the joy set before him. You know why I love that? Because, you see, <laughs> if, I remember when I was uh, in school, when I was young, you know, parents used to be very nice to us when we were young, eh? That's changed when we were older. 
they will tell you things. I remember when I was young, um, I, love, I, I love nice food. I don't know about you. I love really, really nice food. Soft life is my life. And I believe I'm the ambassador. <laughs> I don't know about you. So one time, uh, my mother brought something home, something to eat. You know, just my nice, nice things from town. And she told us to say, uh, whoever is going to finish this, their food, they're going to have this to my nice, nice food. Now, I was already full. You know, I'd already committed the sin because, you know, you know your parents, our parents told us not to be eating from our neighbor's houses. So I had ate. <laughs> and then I didn't want them to know that I'd eaten. So the plan was to just eat very little for supper. So that at least I, I, just, I, I don't get to explain that I'm already full. They ask, they ask, where have you eaten from? But then that night, they just brought my foods. My mom brought my foods. And she just said, and she, and she put for big lumps of shima. And she's like, if you finish this, you have... And I'm, I'm thinking, hmm, what's going to happen here? <laughs> you see, for the joy said before me, I endured that shima. <laughs> you understand, right? I ate everything. <laughs> Just so, because I, I knew if I didn't finish my food, my siblings were going to eat. And you know how siblings are? They were eating your face, showing you that they're eating. <laughs> So the Bible says, for the joy set before him, it says he endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? He saw you and I living a prosperous life. He saw you and I living a life free of sickness and diseases. He saw you and I living a holy and righteous life. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So why Jesus could stay on the cross for hours? Because he was looking at us. And now that because he was looking at us on that cross, we must look at him now. You know what I mean, right? He had us in mind in that moment. Jesus looked at us in that moment and like, look, this one can't can continue living in sin. For the joy set before him. That was the joy that was set before him. He endured it. He endured it. He, he could stay for hours on that cross. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Think about it. Oh, Jesus actually, Jesus, Jesus actually did this for me. He endured it. There are a number of things that we get to endure for the joy set before us. You understand, right? Others get to endure the pressure of school. Yes. They are thinking about the salary I'll get after this. <laughs> <laughs> they have plans. <laughs> you get it, right? Yes. Yeah. Sleepless nights. If you do that, may God deliver you. <laughs> don't start, night is for sleep. <laughs> don't, don't study the whole night. <laughs> Be sleeping. <laughs> Someone almost fainted in an exam room <laughs> because of being tired. <laughs> so to the students, sleep, okay? <laughs> yeah. Are you listening? <laughs> yes. Sleep. <laughs> I'm not saying sleep the whole day. No, no, no. I mean the whole night. <laughs> Study during the day. <laughs> Don't just watch, watch, watch movies during the, during the day. I'm talking to a number of... How many are students here? Raise your hand. Yeah. There are, there are a number of you. Sleep. <laughs> Okay? I've been a student before and I was sleeping. <laughs> so, it works. You might dream of the paper. <laughs> you can't dream while you're awake. <laughs> you have to give platform for God to show you in your dream. <laughs> so, you utilize the whole night. <laughs> Praise God. 
And if you don't see it the previous night, we'll go again tomorrow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So look at him. All right, look at him. And when you look at him, you will get to see what he's done. When, you, when your eyes are focused on Jesus, you get to see what is done. And I want you to ask yourself certain questions, three important questions, write them down. And I want you to answer, I'll give you a minute to answer them. Just don't, not, don't answer out loud. We always have a zealous believer out there. Three questions. Number one, does my life mirror what, what the word of God has said about me? In other words, when you look at the word of God right now, does your life actually resemble what the Word of God has said about you? You can't always be a work in progress. <laughs> there are believers who say things like, there's a statement that I don't like. Um, let me try to see if I can, I can remember it. Maybe some of you have heard it. At, I'm, not where I, at, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but I'm glad I'm not where I used to be. Why aren't you where you're supposed to be? <laughs> Stop comforting yourself. Just go where you're supposed to be. <laughs> Praise God. So, the first question, of course, is does your life mirror what the Word of God says about you? Or, does, or if I can rephrase it, does your life mirror what He has said about you? What God has said about you? Number two. And you, I'll give you time to, ask, to answer those questions. All right. So leave a space where you will answer it in your notebook or in your phone if you're writing. Number two, does, does your life reflect what he has done for you? Does your life reflect what he has done for you? Like I said, leave a space where you answer. Question. You've heard the, 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 the second question? I can, answer, I can ask the third? Can I ask the third question? The third question is, what you are seeing now in your life, is that what Jesus paid for? Like what you are seeing right now with your whole life, is that what Jesus actually paid for? And I'll give you a few seconds to answer those questions. If the answer is no on everything, then I think we need, we need to talk. <laughs> Praise God. You may, need, you may need a lot of discipleship, a lot of help. <laughs> Are still answering the question? Or the questions? And in in progressing, or rather in what in going forward in this teaching. We're still writing down, okay. I'm noticing people are still writing. I'll give you I'll give you a few a few more seconds to finish. Now, I said, look, I, I, I told you we must look upon Jesus, right? 
we must look unto him. So the scripture also says. Now, one of the things that we must do in order for us to effectively look upon Jesus or to look at Jesus is actually remind ourselves continuously of what he has done and what he has said. Are you listening? You must remind yourself of what Jesus has done and of what Jesus has said. It's very important to remind yourself because sometimes you don't always, you don't always remember what the, th the thing Jesus has said. Do you? There are times you, you may actually forget. You know how people have, have, have different ways of motivating themselves, right? Others can look in the mirror and just speak to themselves. You're a king. <laughs> Young king. <laughs> They're going to make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? People have got different ways of actually reminding themselves. of Because the, if you don't remind yourself, you, you will become overwhelmed with everything that's around you. You get it, right? Yeah. Some ladies remind themselves that they're pretty. They look in the mirror. No, nothing wrong. As in, if they feel pretty, let them remind themselves. Mm -hmm. What I mean, gentlemen, remind yourself as well. <laughs> you know, you ask, ask when, you, when, you, when you dress up nicely, ask, you know, when you do like a trim, <laughs> you've done your haircut and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> you remind yourself. Very, very important. And <clears throat> the same applies to the word of God. You have to remind yourself of what the scriptures have said. You have to remind yourself of what Jesus actually, has actually done. Because there are moments you walk, something will happen around you. And maybe the first thought is not what Jesus said. The first thought would be to break down for some people. I need to find a place to cry. <laughs> so that I feel better. <laughs> you understand, right? Yes. Yeah. Other, for others, if it's the gentleman, maybe, ah, men don't cry. Because I wouldn't want me. They'll try to encourage themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when things are now beyond now, they go in their statuses. Men also break down. We're also human beings. <laughs> we also go through. <laughs> they've cried in the first place, sir. <laughs> no one would have seen it, or they would have seen it, but no, it is well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you have to remind yourself exactly. See, it's very, very important. And I'll share with you maybe a few things that you need to remind yourself about consistently. And this is something the children of Israel didn't do. They kept forgetting the God they were dealing with. They kept forgetting that God was actually, is not a God who's going to change on them. They kept forgetting that God can leave them halfway. God promised them the promised land and halfway they were like, mm, we're going to die here. How can God take you out and kill you there? How? They didn't know that because, see, see they didn't know, see, the Bible records that uh, when Pharaoh was pursuing them, that there was actually a, a, a cloud a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, right? Now, was the pillar of fire spiritual or it was, or it was physical? Very much physical. They were seeing fire. How are they doubting? Mm -hmm. You are literally seeing fire protecting you. Physical fire, not this Holy Ghost fire you shout in prayer. Physical, literal fire, you touch it, your brain. <laughs> it was there. How were they doubting? They were not reminding themselves of what they saw. Because the very people that saw miracles, in Egypt itself, God worked miracles in their presence. 
They saw miracles right there. Moses worked miracles before them. Yet when they went out, they forgot the God they were dealing with. How many times do believers actually forget? See, someone is at a place where maybe, for example, they are, they, they, they are at a place where they are lacking school fees. You forgot the, the God that took you in school first. You forgot. You are done with your grade 12. You don't even know whether, whether, whether you, you, you go to school, to, to, to school next. You forgot the God, who's, the God who took you through from grade 1 to grade 12. Now you have passed. You have a grade 12 certificate. You are forgetting. How do, you, how do you forget? In, you're in your third year of school. Ah, they can exclude me. Why, how is that coming in your mind that you'll be chased from school? Hmm? How? Hmm? People forget. <laughs> People forget. <laughs> Praise God. And sometimes that hinders the miracle from happening. There are believers who have not seen a miracle simply because they actually forgot the God they are dealing with. They forgot. Praise the Lord. Yeah. There are people who remind themselves of the tough times they've been, not, not of what God has done. You remind yourself, ah, ah, as we've gone through a lot in life. Yeah. Hmm? We've overcome fires. <laughs> you know, we've crossed rivers. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? But then, how many actually remind themselves, oh, there was that time God worked a miracle. When you read Joshua chapter number four, I won't read it for you. I won't read it with you. When you read Joshua chapter number four, the Bible shows us a story of uh, the children of Israel. God had parted a river for them, and God gave them an instruction that they should get stones. Remember that story, right? That they should get stones from the river. And those are going to be called stones of remembrance. You know what I mean, right? God told them, God told them to say, look, according to the tribe, of course, you get stones. So each tribe would have their own stones and whatnot. And the Bible, the Bible records that they were supposed to keep those stones in the place where they were lodging, such that when their children in future ask where they got these stones, they were going to tell them the story of how God opened the river for them. In other words, the children were going to know the God they were dealing with, even in the future. So it means those children, if ever they were at a point where they needed a river or a sea to open, they knew the God they were dealing with. You get it, right? So they had to have something to remind them. Do you act, do, can I tell one of the things that has helped you remember a lot of things? There is no prayer request that I've presented to God that I haven't written down. I write down everything I pray to God. As long as I don't have a prayer request to God, I write. I have a book where I write down prayer requests. And you know what I do? At the end of every year, I go to check which prayers have been answered. Most people forget. You will pray. The answer will come. You won't even recognize that the answer has come. Or you'll be just, ah, us, we're tough. <laughs> you know, ask, ask, ask. You know, I can do that. I can. See, you forgot that that's the prayer you made. God answered. Now you are taking the glory. Write down the, thing, the, things, the things that you're praying to God about. Write them down. You're able to tick. Oh, God, I prayed about this. How come it doesn't come to pass? Your word says, whoever, pray, whoever asks receives. I asked. 
do you remind <clears throat> you see god is god is like a judge you know like he is a, he is a judge but i'm i'm putting it in, in the context of our judicial systems when you've received a judgment that judgment has to be enforced are you together that judgment has to be enforced for example if you if you go to court and let's say your friend stole your money you know he, maybe he signed like a contract and your friend just you know just did the like fast one on you and now there's even penalties <laughs> like people, brethren <laughs> people don't care i know we 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 brethren are people just window each other nowadays so I pray about everyone i mean <laughs> no way do business with people so anyway so let's say you 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 someone let's say swindles you not and then you go to court you want your money back the fact that the judge has ordered that your money should be paid back doesn't automatically mean that that friend will bring the money to your account you have to execute the judgment the fact that god has said something about you doesn't mean to happen let me put it like that until you execute by execute means to do the word of god some things will never happen there are things that he has done let me give you an example has god given us righteousness has god given us righteousness yes now is every believer living righteously no now does that does, does the fact that a believer is living in right in a righteous manner mean they don't have righteousness they have it right they have it <laughs> they are just not executing what they what they've been given so if god has declared that you are justified and you are living a life you are not justified it's not on god it's on you how together and if god has said something about your health and if you it's and it's going the opposite direction you know it's on them it's not on god there are believers who've died in the presence of help but i'm not getting into that today a few things you should remind yourself about let's go the first one let's go to romans chapter number 8 verse 20 verse 28 but for context let's start reading from verse 26 Romans Romans 8 verse 26 Romans 8 verse 26 Romans chapter number 8 verse 26 to 28 28 is our focus that's the, 28 is something you must remind yourself about continuously you are about to get blessed by this <laughs> then about to get blessed by this Romans chapter number 8 verse 26 28 are we there fair there say glory glory say it louder glory <laughs> that's the loudest you can say it <laughs> interesting Take it to Chirangamulero. We'll see the real you. <laughs> When you see food, <laughs> the Bible says, "Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities." Other versions say weaknesses, right? Maybe let me let me explain it this way before 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 we go. I get further. The Bible says the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, right? And also, 
you notice that in the book of Corinthians, the Bible says that God is glorified in our weaknesses, right? Let me explain it this way so that you understand. There is a difference between a weakness and a bondage. All together. There is a difference between a weakness and a what? In a weakness, God is glorified. In a bondage, Satan is glorified. Maybe let me help you understand it this way. A weakness is not something that may have a weakness of alcohol. That's a bondage. A weakness, for example, let me put it, let me put it like this. Have you ever, maybe let me ask the girls, have you ever been at a place where you feel maybe gentlemen are more favored than you? Have you? You have, right? And gentlemen, maybe it can be the same. You understand, right? <laughs> it can be the same. Sometimes you feel maybe ladies are more favored in a particular situation than, than, than men and vice versa. You get it, right? Now, if you take yourself to a place where you're a man, you take yourself to a place where you feel ladies are more favored, already there's a weakness on your part that you can't do nothing about. So it means in that moment, if you end up getting it, who is glorified? God. There was a weakness in that moment. So a weakness is not addictions. So if you have addictions, please, those are the weaknesses. That's bondage. You are bound. And you should be set free from it. Are we together? Yeah, seek help from it. Seek help. And sometimes why most people don't get help from, from bondages is because they are proud. They are proud. So anyway, God helpeth our infirmities. So God helpeth your limitations. <laughs> All right? Yeah. And then he says, and he's going to settle down quickly. <laughs> All right. And then he goes on to say, for we, for we know not what we should pray pray for as we ought. In other words, we don't know what to pray for. Have you ever been there? You want to pray, but you have no prayer point. <laughs> Some people can relate, others can't. Because others only pray when they have a prayer point. Eh? <laughs> so we know, so it says, for we know, uh, we know not what we should pray for as we ought. It says, but the Spirit himself the King James says it itself, but you should, should read himself. It says, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Hallelujah. It says, the Spirit maketh intercession for us, right? With groanings that cannot be uttered. In other words, it's talking about the Holy Spirit there. It says, the Spirit maketh what? He, he maketh what? With groanings that can't be uttered. Now, I want you to, let me, I want to explain this scripture. Well, to start, you, you, you understand. What's the, what are those things on your face? You Sunday school? Okay. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> yeah. So, they're destructive. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at you. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> All right. So, he says, The Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which can be uttered. Do you know how the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us? He makes it through you. So the Bible is teaching us there. Groanings there are not tongues. Some people have thought that these are tongues, but these are not tongues. This is beyond tongues. Let me put it like this. Do you know that in prayer, you can only get tired of praying when you are the one praying? So it means if you are not the one praying, do you get tired? Mm -hmm. 
says, the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which can be uttered. Have you ever been at a place where you're in prayer? Okay, this here I'm talking to people who actually have a prayer life. <laughs> have you ever? <laughs> have you actually? Have you ever been at a place where you are where you are praying? You're speaking in tongues, and all of a sudden, it's like your tongues have changed. <laughs> it's like you can't even make up words from what you're saying. <laughs> have you ever been there? Those are groanings. In that moment, you are not praying. The Spirit of God is praying through you. In other words, when you read the following chapter, following, following verse, rather, it says, says, And he that searches the heart knoweth what, what, what is the mind of the Spirit. Are we together? And then God says, Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, in that moment, when you, you see, these are, these are groanings. For, for some people, they will, be, they will be there in prayer. And sometimes you are praying and you're just, someone is just screaming. They don't even know why they're, why they're screaming in that moment. They were praying normally, but all of a sudden they're just screaming. You, everyone around them is saying, ah, why, why are you shouting? You don't know what's taking place. And, and when, you, when that happens, don't stop. The Spirit of God is making intercession in your, in your spirit. In other words, if there are certain people you are supposed to pray for, he know, you, 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 they may not come to your mind. But he's making intercession for them right there. He can make intercession for your, for your life right there. He will pick the mind of God and speak it over them. There are others that have been in prayer. You, you, you started all speaking in tongues. And some says, groaning can be uttered. Meaning sometimes the words can't even come out. Someone who just been praying, they're just crying. They don't even know why they're crying. They think I'm just emotional. Groaning can be uttered. When that happens, don't stop. I'm not talking about why you're crying, you're crying because you're feeling, you're feeling things. No, no, no. That's a different one. I'm talking about groanings. <laughs> if you're feeling things, please cry for those things. <laughs> and when you're done, pray. <laughs> How together? Yes, yeah. And this kind of prayer, you don't decide to do it. He comes and does it for you. So you can't say, I'm going to groan. <laughs> to, yeah, like we've started today, I'm going to... No. <laughs> it's not up to you. <laughs> While well, you're in prayer, he will take over. He, as in he will take over. He will take over your mind, your, your heart, your body. So I'm saying, when you're the one praying, you get tired. In that moment, you're not tired. You can't feel your body. You can't feel your mind. You can't stop. I've been there. You're just, you're just, you're lying on the floor for hours. You're just there. You want to stop by saying you don't stop. See, this is one of the ways you partner with God. God praying through you. Imagine the Spirit of God is, as in God in that moment is the one who is praying. He's making, he's make, he's, he's the intercessor in that moment. And you've allowed him to use your body for intercession. Ah. When you understand this, you, you will take prayer differently. You, you will stay long enough say, God, use me in this moment. As I intercede for the church, as I intercede for my brethren, as I intercede for the nation, you will groan. And like I said, these are people with prayer lives. <laughs> so don't, don't be surprised when you are speaking strange tongues all of a sudden. When your tongue just changes, don't be surprised. Just, just flow with it. This doesn't make sense. Ah, that doesn't have to make sense, sir. Just flow with it. <laughs> you get it, right? 
I don't understand why I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm, fe I'm feeling this way. And in that moment, do you know in that, in, in, in that moment when that happens, the Lord will actually even give you burdens for people. Burdens will be placed on your, on your heart. And that's why when you don't have burdens for, for, for souls, then it means you don't have burdens for God. Because in that moment, the Lord will put burdens on your heart. And you will pray for people. Prayer won't just be that thing, oh, but I've been praying, I haven't been receiving. I've been praying, I haven't been receiving. You've made prayer about yourself. Because you prayed for a skate and it didn't come. After I asked for that skate, it didn't come. Verse 28 is our focus. Verse 28, remind yourself of what the Bible has actually said. Remind yourself of this truth. It says, and we know. <laughs> he didn't say maybe things. He says, we know. <laughs> this is as in you have you have knowledge of it. And we know. You know how you know you know when you know something. <laughs> you know, for you guys who are students, you know when you when you when you know a particular topic, you don't have to read through. <laughs> like you know. <laughs> If they bring this topic, I know it. <laughs> Until they shock in how they bring the question. <laughs> ah, these people. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who is who is a lecturer. Deliberately makes you people feel. Who's that students? I just I just want to make sure we squeeze in. <laughs> ah, I'll be marking your paper soon, <laughs> and I'll be laughing at you. If you're in this church, praise God. <laughs> I'll be seeing. <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you haven't been coming to church. <laughs> May God see you through. <laughs> says, and we know. Tell your neighbor, and we know. Tell them, I can say, and we know. And we know. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Do you love God? Do you love God? Hansa, do you love God? Yes. And the Bible says, and we know that all things work together. You know what that means? It means, <laughs> let me put it like this. I want you to think about it this way. When Jesus was being crucified, uh, Pilate and everyone else thought they were killing him. They didn't know that they were destiny helpers. His destination was the cross. He had to go there. Judas thought he loved money. He didn't know. All things work together for Jesus. So it means there is nothing that can work against a child that loves God. That's what the Bible is showing you there. And you have to remind yourself of this because some things may happen that may look like they are a disadvantage. But when you remind yourself that, and we know, and we know, that all things, you see, all things mean the Bible says they work together. You know what I mean? Me, 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 they collaborate. They come together. I mean, this piece and that piece come together so they can so they can produce my goods. Mm. <sighs> I, 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 I thought this came to hurt me. Nothing came to hurt you. And we know. This was this was a conviction by the Apostle Paul. He's thrown in prison and he says, and we know all things are working together for my good. 
You put me in prison and they're saying it works together for my good. How is it working together for my good, sir? He knew. There is no disadvantage for the life of a believer. Jesus actually said, it's, it's, to, it's to your advantage that I go. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come. He was telling them, say, look, when the Spirit of God comes, your advantage has come. <laughs> in other words, I live a life full of advantages. <laughs> because I have the Spirit of God. He says, and we know all things work together. They work together. They work together. They work together. It means even if something I don't like happens, you remind yourself of what the Bible has said. <laughs> Praise God. You remind yourself of what the Bible has said. All things work together for my good. Say that. Say all things work together for my good. Say it because you believe it. All things work together for my good. Yes. All things work together for my good. In other words, everything has been designed to work for my good. Everything has been created to respond for my good. Remind yourself of this truth. Remind yourself. It's easy to forget. To get overwhelmed. Don't spend too much time in your mind. Spend time in the words. When you spend time in your mind, ah, you fabricate things. And especially if you, if you overthink. There are people who create scenarios in their heads. Amen. Mm. Don't create scenarios in your head. Create what the Bible has actually said. All things work together for my good. All things work together for my good. All things work together for my good. All th you see, when you, when you start seeing this, you, that's what you start seeing around you. Remind yourself of this. Remind yourself. Even when you go in prayer, you won't start praying, oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. I've told you already, God helped you when you brought the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he's your helper. Now, what, more, what, 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 help did the, what, what help is the Holy Spirit able to handle in your life? Nothing. It means for the believer, we don't pray for God to help us. Or not David. <laughs> we acknowledge that we are helped. <laughs> we affirm that the Spirit of God is our helper. We affirm that because of the Holy Spirit, I have help. I have help in my school. I have help in my business. I have help in my health. I have help everywhere I go because I've got the Spirit of God. Amen. The Spirit of God in your life means all the help you ever need has come. He gave you the help before you never needed it. Oh, I'm helped. I wake up helped. I go to sleep helped. Because I have the Spirit of God in me. I have the Spirit of God with me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All things work together for my good. Everything works for my good. Everything aligns for my good. It says the lions have fallen unto me in pleasant places. <laughs> they've fallen, as in, they've come together. It's like pieces. You ever seen a puzzle, right? When a puzzle comes together, and now you can see the full picture. All things work together for my good. That's the first thing you need to remind yourself about. Very, very important. Remind yourself. Whatever it is you go through, remind yourself that all things work together for your good. It may look like a disadvantage, but it's not. It's not. It works for my good. So when something comes, just, just, just remind yourself, this has come to work for me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The second thing you need to remind yourself about is found in 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 Acts chapter number 20, verse 28. Acts chapter number 20. 
verse 28. Acts chapter number 20, verse 28. Acts chapter number 20, verse 28. The Bible says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over, um, over which, over the which rather, the, the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. In other words, he was addressing the leaders of the church in this moment, right? And this says, he's made you overseers over the flock of God. And this says, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. I want you to think about it. Can I have two people? I want to use an example, two. Two. Just randomly come. Two people. Those are not shy. Okay. The others are shy, right? <laughs> Wonderful. Can I have that bottle, Keke? Bottle. Now, this is a bottle of aqua savanna, right? A bottle of water. Here, hold it. So it was just hold it. <laughs> Napalem might have gifted you. <laughs> so now, imagine, let's say, he's selling this bottle of water, right? And then, when he's selling it, it's in his hands, of course, right? Meaning he's the owner of it, right? Right? Yes. Now, if he wants water, and he's looking for, for water, and this guy is selling it, what will happen? He will release money, right? And pay this one. Go give him the water. Give him. All right. And then, of course, he'll give him money. We'll, we'll assume he has money. <laughs> you can tell someone, okay, just give him some money here, can't you? Lord, all things work together for his good. Hi, <laughs> Emmanuel. Yeah. So, in this moment, what has happened? There's a transaction which has taken place, right? The water belongs to who now? Manuel, right? And this guy no longer has water, right? So it means if he wants to drink water in this moment, what does he have to do? What does he have to do? He has to buy as well, right? Now the water belongs to Emmanuel. So it means this the water that belonged to him is now in Emmanuel's possession completely. This guy, if he's thirsty, can't come to me. That water I sold you that day. Ah, uh, sip. <laughs> He can't come and do that, right? Now, that's the picture the Bible is saying. I say, when the Bible says Jesus actually purchased the, the church with his own blood. It means you once belonged, you once, you, <laughs> you once belonged to the kingdom of darkness. In that, the things that affected those in darkness could affect you. But he came with his blood. Went and purchased so it means he got you from the kingdom of darkness, from the domain of darkness, from sicknesses and diseases, from afflictions, from pain, from everything, from everything that is not of God. He got you and took you to become his own. So it means Satan, for him to afflict you with his tools, it has to be an illegal way. Because if he wants to get the water, either he has to buy or he has to steal it. You listening? So it means if Satan wants to actually afflict you with his tools, it's either he has to get permission from God, which God can give him, <laughs> or he has to use illegal means. And the illegal means is through ignorance. Can take a seat. Give them a hand.
So you have to remind yourself of the fact that Jesus actually paid for you. You see, Jesus didn't get us on credit. It's all like that. Like, no, no, uh, that payment wasn't in full. Now, now I can afflict this one and that one and that one. Because he paid the full price. So it means the sins that you have committed in the past, present, future, everything was paid for. He paid the price already. So it means you've been, the Bible says you've been purchased, you've been bought. You now belong to the kingdom of God. You belong to the kingdom of light. You've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. And now you've been translated, delivered to the kingdom of his dear son. So the Bible says. And because you've been purchased, it means now the things you ought to enjoy are for that of your new owner. It means if your new owner, all he knows is divine health, that is yours. If your new owner, all he knows is having a sound mind, that is yours. If, it means if your new owner, all he knows is how to create good things, it means oh, that is yours. If your new owner, all he knows how to do good, that is yours. So it means anything that is foreign, you, you learned it from somewhere else. That's why you have to renew your mind. So when you come to church, we're training you to walk in the things of God. We're training you to walk in the things. Now you belong to Jesus. You belong to the one who is perfect. You belong to the one who is holy. You belong to the one who is righteous. It means your life must align, assemble. It means everything around. That's why I ask those three questions. You look at your health, it must resemble him. Praise the Lord. It must resemble him. You look at your mind, it must resemble him. Remind yourself, oh, I've been bought at a price. I've been bought at a price. And do you know, and, 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 and do you know what? You get to see the value of something by the price you pay for it. Now, if the value on you is the blood of Jesus, if God required that the, the price for you was the, the only blood that was sinless, <sighs> it means you, you, you must understand to say, look, God didn't require the blood of animals. He could have requested the blood of animals and bulls and everything, but that wasn't enough. He had to get the blood of Jesus because of the value. God sees you as valuable and you must see yourself like that as well. You've come in the kingdom of God. You've come in the kingdom of light. Oh, I see no darkness. I don't walk in darkness. I don't think thoughts of darkness. I don't experience darkness. I don't have dark times. I'm a child of light. I'm a child of light. I walk in the light of God. I function in the light of God. I ooze out the light of God. I speak forth the light of God. When I say that, let there be light, light appears. Because I'm a product of light myself. Are you listening? You've been purchased. You've been bought at a price. That price was not cheap. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. The blood of Jesus was enough. You see, you must understand the power that's in that blood. Tell your neighbor, you've been bought at a price. Look at them and tell them you've been bought at a price. Yeah. Therefore, you, li- you see, you, you must, you, you know, one of the things I say, I, I say to myself, I remind myself, saying, I live by a different set of rules. No, I, I don't function by the same set of rules as, as, as mankind. Because if, if, if I've been brought in the kingdom of God, it means I'm under the economy of the kingdom of God. He didn't get that. <laughs> Even if the nation was to hit the highest level, the, the lowest, lowest level of inflation, it has no bearing on me. <laughs> 
I live by a different set of rules. I function by a different set of rules because I know where I belong now. Are you listening? Yeah. If you grew up maybe in a family that didn't have much, okay? That didn't have much. And all of a sudden you've been gotten, you now live, you know, you live with an uncle and then you have everything in the house. You can't wake up in the middle of the day and say, oh, what will we eat this morning? You see, now you're in a different household. <laughs> the worries of your house you're coming from are not your worries in this house. Are <laughs> you listening to me? Yeah. Therefore, when you're in Christ, you should be thinking about what you have in him. What boundaries are in Christ? None. Limitless. <laughs> what glory is in Christ? All glory. <laughs> are you listening? Yeah. Look at your life and let it align with what Jesus has done. Praise the Lord. So remind yourself I've been bought at a price. So firstly, remind yourself that all things work together for your good. Remind yourself also that I've been bought at a price. Praise God. Yeah. So that times, let's say, even let's say when something is hurting in your body, oh, Jesus paid for this. <laughs> Jesus actually paid for this. I can't have migraines. My leg can be hurting. Jesus paid for this. Your stomach is hurting. Jesus paid for this. Mm -mm. The payment, as in, if, if someone has paid for something, how, how is the enemy coming and afflicting with the very same thing? Jesus paid for it. And because he paid for it, you must walk in everything he's paid for. Praise God. The last thing I'll mention, as I'm almost out of time. Remind yourself of what God has done. Remind yourself of what God has done. That's, a, that's the final thing for today. Remind yourself of what God has done. What has Jesus done for you? What has he done? No, you have to remind yourself. If you forget, you will not walk in it. Remind yourself. Every day, remind yourself. Every week, remind yourself. Don't just declare, this, this week, uh, we're winning, we're winning. Where, where, where are you basing your winning from? Remind yourself of what Jesus has done. It's very, very important. All right? Now, when you read um, certain portions of, 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 of the Bible, maybe let's say um, Exodus chapter number 3. Exodus chapter number 3 shows us the story of when, God, uh, when Moses encountered God, right? You remember that story, right? There was a burning bush, but yet the bush was not, be, was not being consumed. Remember that, right? And then God spoke to Moses. What's the first thing he says? He says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Remember that, right? And now, almost every time God spoke to someone, he would say, I'm the God of, uh, I'm, I'm the God of, uh, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember that, right? Almost every time God would, spoke to, would, would speak to someone, and he would say that. Do you know why God would say that? It's simply to remind people in that moment, of who they were dealing with. Because Moses had heard about the God of Isaac and Abraham. He had. You understand? Yes. He had heard about him. All these other guys in the Old Testament, they had, they had heard about him. They had heard about what the children of Israel, uh, of, of, of how God dealt with, Abra with Abraham, rather, and how God dealt with, uh, with Isaac, and how God dealt with Jacob. They had heard about him. But now, the, the, imp the most amazing thing is this. There was a graduation for Moses that took place. Because Moses, God gave uh, a commandment that the children of Israel were only supposed to marry from amongst themselves. Remember that, right? 
Now, Moses, an interesting guy, fell for an African woman. Mm. The Bible says he actually married an Ethiopian woman. So the Bible records, right? And when he committed that sin, Aaron and Miriam were offended. They were upset. Remember that story? Those of you who read your Bibles. <laughs> they were offended. They were upset. The fact that, ah, Moses, how come God said this? How come you're doing that? And they spoke about it. That's Aaron and, and, and Miriam, right? And when God heard them, God called for a meeting. Were they wrong? No. God called for a meeting. And then he says, God called for a meeting. There was Moses, there was Miriam, and there was Aaron. And then God now began to speak to them. He said, if there's a prophet among you, I speak to them in visions. And then he says, but not with Moses. This one I speak to him face to face. <laughs> now then, this is more than a prophet. And then he said, Weren't you afraid to speak against my servant? You know how that was a graduation? Now he was now he was not just the God of Isaac. Now he became the God of Moses. Are you listening? What it meant in that moment is this. Moses was going to become the reference point as to which God they were dealing with. <laughs> he now joined that that level where there was Isaac and, and Abraham and everyone else. Now it became, no, now it was my servant. This, Moses is my, my servant, this one. Are you listening? And let me show you a scripture. John chapter number 20. John chapter number 20 verse 17 John chapter number 20 verse 17 This was, this was, the, this was after the resurrection of Jesus. Ah, I love the, the word of God. John chapter number 20 verse 17 Maybe let's start reading from verse 17, from verse 16 for context. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Now she recognized who she was talking to. Before, of course, she didn't know she was talking to Jesus. Okay, because he had resurrected and whatnot. And then Jesus, verse 17 says, Jesus saith unto her, Touch, uh, touch me not. Other versions said, do not, do not cling to me, right? Yeah, I think he knew how clingy she was. <laughs> so being clingy is not a new thing. It's been there from... Yeah, he knew which gender he was talking to. He says... <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. So brothers, if someone is trying to be clingy, yeah, that's not even the Bible. Someone wanted to be clingy with Jesus. The man was on away for three days. <laughs> he said, don't touch me. 
<laughs> so that's that's be not for i am i am yet to ascend to my father and now the reason why um jesus had uh, refused of course other than the fact that he hadn't yet ascended to the father is because jesus had to go present the blood that he had shed to the father all right it had to be accepted so in that moment he hadn't yet presented the blood to the father okay and then he said uh he goes on to say he said but go to my brethren and says and say unto them i ascend unto my father and your father before this he never called god their father are you listening he never did before that he never called them he never he only called god his father my father my father now he just said look i ascend to i ascend to my father and your father mm-hmm. and then he goes on to say and to my god and your and your i sing that says i ascend to my god and your god you know what that means it means just as he was the god of abraham he is now my god it means my life now has also become a reference point as to which god we're talking about when you're seeing wonders around me it means <sighs> you don't have to pray oh the god of uh, god of this or the god of that one now he is your god it's personal now and that's something you must you must when i say you must remind yourself of what is done it means you remind yourself of the fact that you actually have got god see do you, do you know why the children of israel uh, or rather in the time of, of 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 moses especially do you know why they would appreciate this knowledge better than maybe how we would appreciate it those guys had got god for everything they had god for water they had god for food they had god who would provide as in, they are different gods you know what i mean right yes. as i when moses went to pharaoh pharaoh asked which god Which one are you talking about? <laughs> Because Pharaoh thought he knew everyone. <laughs> you understand, right? Yes. Yeah. But Moses now came to introduce to Pharaoh a, a different God, who is the only God anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, in this moment, it means he was the God of Abraham to Moses until a later time. For us, when we came born again, he became our God from the moment, that moment. You know what it means when God is your God? It means he is responsible for your protection. It means he is responsible for your health. It means he is responsible for everything that concerns you. And that's why he sent Jesus to actually be the full price for everything. He catered for everything and in Christ we have all things now. When you declare say you are my God, you know what I'm declaring? You are declaring say everything you've done I am seeing it in my life. When you declare say you are my God, it means you are declaring that your wonders are my wonders. <laughs> it means you, your power Lord is the power I walk in. It means even if there is something afflicting the whole world because you are my God, I am covered under you. Praise the Lord. Remind yourself of these things. Very very important. Remind yourself of the God you're dealing with. 
Remind yourself that if God could, could open blind eyes then, it means he can open blind eyes today. It means if God could heal the sick over 2,000 years ago, it means he can heal the sick today. It means if God could save then, he still saves today. If God could deliver then, he still delivers today. Amen. It means if the afflicted could be set free then, they can be set free today. Amen. There is no hopeless situation. There is no situation that is hopeless. Amen. You have to remind yourself that you are dealing with God. One time he asked him, the Lord, is there anything too hard for me? And it's a question that the Lord is asking you today. Is there anything? The one who is your God, is there anything hard for him? Do you actually believe that? Or when you are praying, mm, this, this thing is too hard. Let me just simplify it. There are people who simplify their prayer points to God. I think I'm asking for too much. He is your God. He doesn't have the limitations you've seen men have. And can I tell you something? I learned this from my pastor. He said, he once told us something, he said, which is very true. He said, when you're a child in the, in, in the natural, when you're a young child, let's say a two or three, somewhere there, you think your, your parents are limitless in what they can provide for you. You know what I mean, right? You can ask your parents for anything. Anything. Anything, like when you're at that age. I want a bicycle. Your parents are struggling to, to buy breakfast that morning. <laughs> but you're not seeing it, right? As you grow older, you get to, you get to notice the, how limited your parents are. You understand, right? Yes, Pastor. But in the spirit, as you grow older, you get to notice how limitless God is. Your growth in the, in the, in, in the flesh introduces you to limitations. Your growth in the spirit, introducing it to a life of limitless possibilities. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I want you to hold hands to the person next to you. And I want you to, to pray. A very simple prayer.